Welcome here to Scandinavian Tennis Podcast. My name is Rune Thompson. And my name is Linus Eriksson. Here we will talk you through this week's most interesting happenings on the tennis tours. Vamos, let's go! So it's about time for a new episode of the Scandinavian Tennis Pod. Uh, Rune Thompson, how are you today? I'm very good, Linus. Thanks for having me again, again. <laughs> again, again. And we're also joined by uh, Lucas Renard. Uh, welcome to the show, Lucas. Thank you. We're happy to participate. We're happy to have you here all the way from, from the States. Uh, and uh, we're going to go uh, right on the topic. Uh, Lucas, you had a great uh, last week in uh, in Edmond uh, and, and reached final there. Uh, can, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the week and uh, the, the the keys behind your success there? Yeah, it was a great week for me. It was the first time since 2014 I was in the final in the 15K event and I'm super happy about it. I came from New York, Ithaca, so it was like a long flight on... Sunday evening, so I was lucky I had a Wednesday start uh, on my first round uh, in uh, Oklahoma. And I, uh, yeah, I managed to win the first round. And then I uh, I played really good the entire tournament. Uh, in the final, though, I was up, uh, I was up 7-6-4-1. And uh, I choked uh, quite a bit. Uh, but he he was playing. He changed his game a little bit. He was starting to slice the returns a little bit, and I, I got maybe a little bit tired. But I and then I choked some service. I made some like crazy double faults and some easy mistakes. So yeah, but it was a really good week for me, and I'm I'm super happy about it anyway. Yeah, w- were you disappointed after because you were so close to to get the trophy, or were you still like happy about the the final? I was disappointed with uh, a couple couple of things that I one thing that I was disappointed is that I I lost my head a little bit I was it was like a close call and I and I because uh, I'm I'm really t- t- trying to stay calm nowadays and like just focus on myself and and uh, staying positive all the time and then I lost my head a little bit I was complaining about the ball right on the line and my opponent told told the empire was out and then I got angry Instead of just like, okay, that happens all the time. Let's move on to the next point. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that made me like lose my my rhythm, but I I get disappointed by when I lose my head a little bit. But uh, losing the match in general, I'm not that disappointed. Mm. Just like from not keeping my mind together, I I can get a little bit angry and frustrated with that and. Mm. But I actually really started to working on it more now. Like every day, I I practice like visualizations, and so I'm actually doing something about it. Makes it a little bit easier. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, and uh, and the, the game wise, uh, you said you played well the 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 whole the full week. Uh, what was what was it that worked especially well uh, this tournament? You think? I think actually the the way of me staying calm and just focusing on not using more energy than I need and uh, just going with my flow and trying to stay aggressive all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the way that way has been working best for me. Uh, the last like two months I've been playing really good and and uh, as soon as, as soon as I tense up and go back a little bit and being more passive, then I tend to lose. Uh, some matches but as, as long as i'm staying ag- aggressive and and just calm and focused uh, mm. i'm playing really good mm-hmm. uh you, you said it was your your first final since to 2014 uh and uh I, I think we all know that lucas you you can play really really good tennis and for me it's a little surprising that you you don't have even more finals uh in in those years uh is it because of do you think it's because of like what you say now your the mental part because I mean I mean the game I think you you certainly have uh or, or and do you think that's the key to to get even more finals and may, maybe go all the way uh later this year 
part of it, yes. Um, another part of it is, um, I think it's just being out competing more. And uh, I'm definitely much better now than I was when I was traveling when I was younger. I think if I would play myself now, uh, like myself playing myself as a 22 years old, I would probably get like one or two games against myself. Because uh, I'm just so much more experienced with like, actually like, like when I was 22, I didn't even know how how I should play. I was like, every match was a different game plan. Every match was a, just like trying to win, but I didn't know how to win. And mm. now I am more experienced and I kind of like know how I'm supposed to play, which mm. makes it a little bit easier. Mm. But then, of course, I can always get a little bit better mental. Like, uh, But I think I'm pretty good uh, like that in general. Like yesterday, I won a match in Boca. Like it was three hours, 20 minutes, and I only slept like 90 minutes. I was traveling like 15 hours, and everything felt like shit. But I just found a way to win anyway, and it was like a rat battle. So I would say I'm I'm really good mental wise, but of course, I can always get better. And I don't want, I just don't want to be like good. I want to be crazy good. So yeah, (laughs) gotta keep working on it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, and uh, and th- this week you you're playing in uh, UTR, uh, if I understood it right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I have one match today in a few hours, and yeah, it's four matches, and then it's I think it's semifinals and finals. I guess. Hopefully, okay. if I may make it. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, you are competing quite a lot uh, in in the states, Lucas, uh, and and have done uh, the. The last years, I think. Uh, what's the reason behind that? It's uh, mostly, I would say, because I went here like when I was young, and uh, I played some really professional tournaments in in California, and uh, I had great experience from it. And the tournaments in general are, I would say, much more professional than in in. Uh, some I haven't been at so many tournaments in Europe actually. I've I've been in Sweden and they are pretty professional also. But I remember I was in some countries in Sweden. Like yeah, I don't want to put out any specific tournaments, but some tournaments are not that good. And uh, in in America they are usually like really good compared to to a couple of other tournaments. So that's probably one reason. And then I have a. A lot of American friends that uh, I got to know. I've been there probably like eight to ten times now, and I talk to them even when I'm in Sweden, and we become good friends. So it's almost like my second home here in in America, which feels like good to play at home. And so it's like even though I'm not home, it feels like home. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Uh, Rune is Lucas, that- what is it that what is it that you like with the tournaments, uh, Lucas? If you can say something more specific when you say some tournaments are more professional, or what is it for yeah, you that I, makes them more professional? I think you know, like the last tournament I played, they even have ball kids in the semifinals, and I was like super happy about it because I love the like having like ball kids line on Paris. I always play better and when I have empires and stuff like that because then I can just focus on my game and I don't have to because like some matches I I don't even know the score because I'm so I have so much adrenaline so I I played a match two days ago and I thought it was 4-all but it was actually 4-2 and I asked the empire is the score 4-all and he's like no it's 4-2 and I was like okay nice so just I, I love having like good like good setup with the tournaments and Actually, I like the the American people a lot also because my last tournament I had like twenty or thirty American people coming to like cheer me on and like be like my my fan club or what what whatever you want to call it. But mm. and I was playing that was in the final against an American guy. They don't even care about the like if I'm from Sweden or if I'm from America. They just care about the the player and if they know you and like. I would say in, in in a lot of other countries, it's like you have to share on the Swedish guy, you have to share on the Danish guy because it's Danish. But mm. in tennis, I think it's a, a a world tour, and it's it's not only about the like which country you're from. It's like more who do you like, and I like uh, Lucas or I like uh, Nathaniel or like 
you can choose whoever you want and, and i like that mindset in america that it's not you have to share on a on america and it's like you share on the guy that you you like and you go with that mm-hmm. uh, rune is this your experience as well from from tournaments in the states I think it it can be because tennis is so much bigger in the states in the, in general. I mean, the 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 tennis is is a lot bigger than in Europe and it's run differently. But that's not only tournament wise. That's also how they run it as uh, with the with the country clubs and with the high performance. Uh, yeah, the market is just so much bigger because uh, yeah, they are mad with sport and they have. Uh, more resources for for tennis than they have in in europe so yeah for sure everything is bigger mm-hmm. yeah and, and lucas when you when you travel around there do you, do you travel by yourself or or you have some friend with you or like you travel with other players or how do you manage that i this trip is gonna be like 50 50 uh first week i was uh, with a new friend that i met the norwegian guy in in Los Angeles is I became really good friends with him now and uh, I'm gonna go back staying with him my last two weeks in in March uh, and the, the second week I was alone third week I was lucky I had uh, my friends in Oklahoma yeah. uh, this week I'm uh, with my friend Don from America uh, so yeah most of the actually more than 50 percent I'm gonna be like 70 percent with with my friends so it makes it a lot easier also like yeah uh, yeah yeah cool and uh, you have been there all all year and you said you will stay until until march or how long will yeah you... okay i will be here for three months and then i'm flying back to sweden so it's i think it's eight or nine tournaments so i have seven more tournaments to go oh okay. lucas will you go on on clay uh, for for uh, uh, Palm Coast, or will you go a challenger for um, um, Waco in the next weeks? I will go on the clay uh, for Palm Coast, okay. just because I, I, I will, if I know for sure I would get into the to the challenger, I would of course go to the challenger. Uh, or not of course, like in one way it's could make more sense to play a lower level because I'm at that level, but I like to taking the, the chances. No, no, and... but what I meant is it's changing surface. So maybe it's better for you to play the oh, challenge because like it's that. hard yeah. instead of playing on the on the on the uh, green clay. Yeah. Uh that's a good uh, point actually. But since I'm already like in Florida and uh, and it's on green clay, uh, yeah. which is a little bit faster than the red clay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm actually not changing my game style that much from okay. outdoor or hardcore and on green clay. I'm trying to stay aggressive, like come up to the net and even on the even on the clay. So yeah, I'm just gonna stay here and I think it's gonna be tougher for me on the clay though, especially yeah. in the, the first two weeks. Yeah. Lucas, I was what level do you think you you're at right now? Because I mean how how do you feel your your game game wise i would say 500 my my ranking i would say 500 mm-hmm. i'm still i because i played a few guys that are like 400 and i managed to win them but maybe i would win 50 50 i don't know but mm-hmm. i'm not i i'm not 100% confident right now with some certain shots that i need to make mm-hmm. and i think i need a little bit more tournaments and more practice Mm-hmm. Uh, so after this trip, I'm I'm gonna focus a little bit on my training training again, and mm-hmm. I have a lot of stuff I need. I I know that I need to work on now, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, I would say five hundred five hundred. Okay. Right okay. Now. Do you have any like set goals ranking wise with this year, or or uh, how how do you work with the goal setting like that? I have put up like a ranking goal in my mindset, but uh, I'm trying not to focus on it too much. I'm trying to focus on my development plan mo- more, because mm-hmm. uh, so, I'm 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 trying to to be like top hundred or fifty in the world, and I know that like just fighting and grinding on the baseline is not it's not gonna work on that level in in my with the strokes I have and uh, I, I want to play with the strokes I have and 
and I move really good. I have a good back and good serve. Uh, my forehand is getting better and better. So I think I just have to find ways to come up to the net and finish the points more. Mm. Uh, so I'm working a lot on that. But uh, mm. yeah, uh, the qu what was the question again? No, no, I, no, I, I, um, no, but I, about goal setting. Uh, because yeah, goal I think... setting, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, more about my development plan. But I set the goal like five hundred. Mm -hmm. or like first 800 of course like every every now every step is going to be more difficult because if i get one point it won't make any difference so now i kind of like have to win future tournaments to to make any difference at all mm -hmm. but i i put a goal actually to to come home with 50 points which is actually too high goal i think it will be very tough for me to do that but uh, I, I have seven points I could do it. It's not impossible, but that mm. would, that, then I would be crazy happy. But if I come on with your seven points, I would still be a little bit happy because it's like, I mean, yeah, I just started now and, and uh, like training, I, I haven't been playing that much and I'm still like my body is still getting used to it. My mind and my, my body is adapting to all this traveling again and, mm. and, uh, the mindset of just training every day is is different from coaching and, and working and training. It's it's completely different. So, but Lucas, now I can do a little bit of a hit uh, calculating for you. I I think that if you you have done nine points now in three tournaments, so I think if you keep up the pace, it should be possible for you to do it with seven or eight more tournaments in, in the bag. Yeah. So, yeah. so you just have to do the same as you did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I keep the same, then then maybe yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, but but Lucas, um, you, you in the end of the summer, you 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 sort of decided to to give the professional tennis uh, another chance, if I understand it right. Uh, do do, yeah. do do you think it's uh, like until now? Do you think it's uh, it's fun? Do you, do you enjoy your decision to do this again? Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoy it super much actually, and. Uh... I talked to another friend from Fallen yesterday. Uh, oh no, actually the day, the same day as my final was in Oklahoma, mm -hmm. and he asked me about because he's very like into like the psychology thing about tennis and everything also, mm -hmm. and he he asked me what what is tennis and and I spontaneously should answer him and I told him it's uh, chess, and I I just said chess. That's <laughs> that's the first thing that came up. Uh, of course, I think chess is fun, so maybe it was the same answer. But he told me like, "No, tennis is fun. You're doing this because it's fun." Oh. And then I immediately like, "Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm doing this because it's fun. It's not about the money. It's not about hmm. like doing something is for doing it. Is this is the most fun I think in the whole world? I've been doing so many stuff till my my whole life, and and this is honestly like." going out on the court and playing another guy and, and just doing my best and trying to fight and then mm. like having meet all these people that I, I get to meet every week. It's yeah, it's the most fun I, I, I can imagine right now. And as long as I I can do it and I feel like I'm getting better, then why not? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Keep doing it. Uh, but during the time you were coaching and, and working with other stuff, did you enjoy that as well? Or did you miss competing in tennis a lot then as well? I like coaching a lot also, but uh, it was it was a little bit frustrating because I did it because at one, I know that I was I wanted to train myself. Mm. But I found a way to, to make that also because I was kind of like, I was thinking that the, the, the players that I was coaching, they were myself, like a younger version of myself or an older version of myself. And I wanted to coach myself. So in mm -hmm. one way, I was actually coaching myself also, learning about the tennis. And I actually thought I was getting better. My tennis game was getting much better from after coaching. And I even told my students, like, if you want to get better, start coaching because then you you can use your brain and you can think in a different way. Mm. Like coach other people and then you actually have to think what, and then you're like, oh shit, I'm not even doing this myself. And mm. then you can like get a different point of view, everything. 
Yeah, uh, definitely. I I understand. I remember that as well when I started to coach. Uh, I think yeah. in the beginning you you see it in a different way uh, when you when you're playing yourself as well. Uh, yeah. Well, so it was, yeah, both ways. It was it was fun, but also a little bit frustrating because I was practicing on like hitting my four and like more and more being aggressive and offensive. And some some people I was coaching, I I like you can't do that because the ball is not gonna come back. So I was like hitting with people like super slow, like slow motion sometimes. And then you know, I was in a match and I was like, oh, wow, I, I have to hit the ball now. It's like it was like a new thing. So, yeah, both ways. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, when you when you decided to, to start um, competing again uh, in the in the end of last year, uh, you, you you said it now as well, but you 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 wrote that your goal is to reach top fifty, Lucas, which is quite high. Yeah. Uh, can can you explain why you 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 decided to like publicly say like that kind of high goals? Uh, was it a reason behind it, or how did your mind go there? I mean, it's just it's just more fun to to have a high goals to have fifty compared to top 100 is so much more fun because then it would actually like at the moment I would be number one in Sweden like Michael is 60 he would probably move up to 30 or something so I might have to go set a new goal to 20 or something but <laughs> anyway like it's more fun and I'm doing this because it's fun and I know it's like crazy and it's probably not even like 2% chance that I will make it but I still believe I can do it and mm. why not go for it? Like as long as I have a small percentage of doing it, maybe I end up at 150 or maybe I end up at 400. I don't know, but maybe I get injured next week. You, you, you never know what's going to happen, but as long as I have fun and, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's more fun to put high goals than to put low goals, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But and, I think... and to the listeners, we can also say, and now um, Lucas is very humble, but I know, that Lucas has actually beaten a guy. He was probably not 10 when he beaten him, but he had his highest rank as number 10 when uh, when you uh, in his career. You have beaten Gulbis and he was 10 in the world. So it is possible for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been playing against... I've been practicing with like Dominic Tiem when he was younger and I've been training with Chardy and I've been like... I've been feeling those guys and I've actually played Zverev and Taylor Fritz. Tommy Paul pretty recently is like in semis of Aussie Open and when I played Tommy Paul like two or three years ago I know that I could beat him but I didn't have my game I didn't have my forehand I didn't have my my fitness but I was still I lost like six three six four but I still felt like if I had some more like tools or I was like one percent better on my forehand I was one percent better on my back end one percent better on my volley then I actually could have beaten him. And like, obviously I'm not ready to go to the semis of Aussie Open because I haven't been in a, in a ATP five. Like I haven't been there. I haven't felt those emotions, but if I play Tommy Paul indoor in my home club, Matterhead in tennis on a team match, I, I can probably beat him. Like yeah. I know that. So I just have to like start working on my mindset. Like, yeah almost believing that I played the Aussie Open, almost believing that I I have to trick myself to be like, maybe I can trick myself to think that I'm 17 again or something. I don't know. Um, it's like, I think it's more about the mind than my body, actually. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, I see, I see. Uh, and and Lucas, do, uh, how, how do your, do, do you have a coach you're talking to now or, or working with or how how, who do you, talk about your game with uh i have um i have a few guys that are helping me now with my i have a sports psychologist frederick babel is helping me mm -hmm. and uh, i have uh, a fitness coach pair uh, he's helping me a lot with my fitness and he's also really good with my like working with my mental uh, preparation and how i should think and he's often like questioning me how like, Oh, but why are you doing this? And then I have to think. And then I, I usually know the answer myself. Mm. Uh, I kind of like those coaches 
most children are not like telling me to do you have to do this and this and this mm. i like the coaches more like have an open dialogue where you like can find the solution together and mm. yeah i have a few guys that are helping me i talk to them uh, basically every day and and i really need that also because uh, yeah i i have a lot of thoughts in my mind and uh, yeah mm. i re- i need i need help with that actually mm. yeah Mm, I see, uh, and and uh, I must also ask you, Lucas, your uh, your your father is a coach as well since uh, many many years back. Uh, how much have uh, Curry meant for for your tennis uh, through the years, and how close have you worked together or not worked together? He meant uh, everything to me. His uh, especially his calmness about things that. He doesn't stress up for like small reasons, like or fight or something, or like he's always positive, and uh, I always call him. Like I lost so many times. I don't, I, I don't even know how many times I lost, and I, and they've been helping me, like giving me loan to play my tennis, and like without my my dad and my mom and my family in general, I I wouldn't be able to do this. And mm. like when I was younger, he obviously like gave me my technique like in my movements and stuff like that because i was playing with him when i was really young Mm -hmm. Uh, and my serve like i have a crazy good serve and i don't even remember remember how i but it was probably him who like put it on there at a very young age and like Mm -hmm. being with me and he's playing with me and putting me on the court so Mm -hmm. he meant everything to me and uh, i'm really happy he's he had all this patience I think ninety uh, percent of the parents nowadays. I'm not gonna say number, but I think a lot of parents are stressing the kids a little bit too much. That if they don't do any results right away, maybe it's better you go back to school or or start working. Like, mm. give them if they want to do it, let them do whatever they want. If you mm. don't want to help them and give them money, don't give them money. Tell mm. them to do it themselves or like just talk to them and like do whatever you want but don't like change the kids thing like kids should do whatever they want to do like mm. i think i've seen that uh, a lot of players like stressed about losing a match and it's like i never felt that stressed about losing and my 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 dad always been like of course it was a little bit like when i was young and i lost a match in maybe like three hours from stockholm maybe we didn't say a word for three hours we just sit there and like but that that was nice also like we we lost together and and um both were kind of like sad but he would never be like oh why why the fuck did you lose right you have to run home i heard those stories where like parents like make the kids run home from from the matches when they lose and he he never done that he's been very yeah. like patient patience with me and and just letting me do my thing, and and always if I needed his help, he's always been there. Like if I would ask him, like you want to go practice six a.m. tomorrow morning or eleven p.m. at the night, then he would do it. So he's always been there for me, and it means everything. That's wonderful. And how much tennis do you talk today about your tennis? Uh, it, it, are you talking about your after your matches and so on, or it's it's not like that? I talk mostly to to my sports psychology and uh, my fitness coach now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk to my dad maybe once in like three days. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we talk more about like how I'm doing, more, more like a family relationship than rather than he's trying to coach me or something like that. I see. And uh, but when I'm home, uh, we obviously talking like. He's he's coaching the team in where I'm playing in in Sweden, and mm. we all always have a dialogue. and And he's uh, he's still he's still participating in my tennis. I I can tell you that. And mm. and uh, I hope uh, if I do better and better, I I can use him a little bit more. Uh, mm. uh, or I want to like I need all the help I can get. And he's obviously a tennis coach, so and he knows he knows me better than anyone. So. Um, he's probably one of the best guys to have with me on my um, on my team, and I think it's getting better and better. Yeah. 
if you reach your 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 goal of a of a slam one day, you need to bring him. I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Rune, do you have any further questions here uh, to ask Lucas? I have one, but it's actually, I mean, not really for Lucas, but I can say, Lucas, you are born in a very, very strong year group uh, in Swedish tennis. And yeah. you can say always who who gets the most out of it. And I will say, not that I should mention any names from you, but I can say you were born in 92, where there was at least two very promising Swedish juniors back then that Swedish tennis had high hopes for. And I will say now that you still in the age of 30 are competing and doing your passion. I think that you get a lot more out of your tennis than these guys did. How did you uh, see this? I mean, um, one of them won a junior slam, but never made it on the pro tour. One of them made it up to like 700 uh, and then stopped playing. So how do you think that your love for tennis is still carrying on in the age of 30, where a lot of the guys that was maybe better than you when they were 15, 16, 17, 18, are not playing and haven't been playing for the last 10 years, maybe? That's a good question. I good think... Question, uh, I think one part of it could be my 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 family. Actually, always staying positive and and keep pushing me. I'm not saying their families didn't do it. I because I don't know that, but that could be a thing. Um, another thing could be. I don't know. I I think. I I I never like. I always get upset from losing if I do bad, but if I lose like a match when I'm playing good, I don't I got I don't get that upset actually. I, I don't I don't I don't get super angry when I'm losing matches where I'm playing good. So I think that's a good side of me. Like I'm not super emotional about emotional about losing. And I think when you winning at a really young age and then eventually you start losing, I think it can be rough on you because, wow, I've been winning everything and then all of a sudden it's like I'm losing now. Like, oof, I don't want to lose. I'm better just quit because I'm a winner. And and then maybe they find something else that they can do really good. Like they can find another career. They can find a really good job there where they can win and make good money. And I think it's very easy to, to choose that path. And uh, I actually I didn't uh, finish like uh, high school, so for me it's it's uh, it's been really easy because I don't have an easy way out to to just get another job where I can get like a really crazy good salary and start working. So I always had this like mindset that my best option is to become as good as as I can in tennis and then take that mindset with me onto something else after my tennis. So it's always been very easy for me to just keep going with my tennis because that was my first choice, and uh, I always thought it was my best choice in in career wise. Mm. And mm. I think it's super fun. So yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Passion beats everything, maybe. Yeah, probably. Sort of. Uh, Lucas, I think we should uh, release you here. Uh, thank you so much for for joining us and uh, sharing your thoughts and uh, I think we I talked for for both me and Rune when we wish you all the best uh, for the rest of the the trip and uh, for this week uh, yeah and uh, hopefully we can talk uh, another week again uh, after if we talk Lucas when you take the first uh, future title then we invite you again yeah that would be super fun <laughs> I will uh, I will go for it full on we hope so Lucas good luck uh, and uh, yeah, yeah see you later again Okay, bye. bye, bye. Have a nice evening. Ciao. And dear uh, Lucas Renard uh, has left the conversation. Uh, we we can mention that we recorded the episode at uh, the chat with Lucas uh, a couple of days ago before he played the UTR this week. And uh, Rune, maybe we should just uh, tell the listeners how Lucas have done this week as well. Uh, so yeah. so 
enlighten us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has been playing a UTR and in this uh, format, I mean, we have never talked about it so much before. In this format, it's group stage. So that means you play minimum fir- first four, uh, four matches in the group. And then afterwards, you play a playoff depending on your position in, in the group. So yeah. I think that uh, for getting matches, it's it's not a bad idea. But I think uh, a lot of the matches maybe uh, is not played with the full intensity and focus. So I don't know, I mean, how much uh, a pro player can use it. I, I know that we have a lot of players that use this for, for money, of course, mm-hmm. but also to get matches. And uh, I think that's uh, actually okay um, because, yeah, you can see that uh, no matter how you, you're going to do, there is always uh, another chance the day after. Uh, yeah. which is not the case if you play a, a normal or regular tournament. No. Uh, but he it, did it, uh, well. It, it's not like a regular tournament, of course, but sometimes it can be good with getting a couple of matches. And it's always good with some money for a lot of the players out there, uh, I yes. guess. So... Yes, and I mean, he's uh, he finished two in the group and then he plays against the other two where he won the first match and then he lost the, the final stage. So you can say in terms of position he finished six out of 20 players in that uh, week yeah okay okay so uh, um, uh, fine week i guess i mean could, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it could have been worse so uh, yeah yes and uh, we have i can say that uh, to the listeners we have a danish uh, denmark is hosting a uhr uh, next week actually so that would be interesting also to to follow if uh, someone is around denmark and wants to see some uh, almost professional tennis they can go to hasmongstel tennis club and watch okay cool cool uh sweden have no uhr yet i think and norway i guess not and uh, finland not no, so only Denmark. Cool. Uh, we will keep following Lucas, uh, of course, uh, when he's uh, continuing playing ITFs uh, next week, I guess, uh, again. Uh, otherwise, I think, Rune, we should we should start with um, the king of the ITF tour nowadays, uh, Dragos Madaras. Fourth straight title this year, 20-0 in matches. How insane is that? Uh, can we put it in perspective? I mean... It's an amazing opening of the season for Dragos. I think it's only uh, Djokovic or Nadal that have had a longer streak, and that was on the top uh, top level, of course. I think Djokovic, ha- he had a long one, and also Nadal last year, he had a very long one also. So it's amazing what Dragos has been doing. And, and now, uh, yeah, I think also it's a little bit uh, interesting to see that he's been performing good by traveling also. He had a win in Egypt, came from win in Turkey and then back to Turkey again. And now it's a 25. And I said yeah. two times this week because I was following his matches live. And I said, now he's going to lose. But then he turned it back. Also in the final, he's down set and he's down in the second, coming back. And in the in the second round, also down set and down in the second and turning back. So amazing. But I think also this is what confidence means for tennis player because he feels like, yeah, he cannot lose. And no, exactly. any stage, so he just keeps going. And the other guys knows that this guy hasn't lost for a month. So yeah. I really, really am finished with him when the match is over. Yeah. So it's uh, a lot of mental, but very strong. Very, very strong. I think this week was so amazing when, like you said, he, he came from Egypt back to, to Antalya. And, and I mean, he had three titles in a row. Uh, and it was uh, 25 this week. I, I'm really impressed. And also with in mind that his last couple of months last year was not very good. It was actually quite bad sometimes. Uh, so uh, i super impressed by, by Dragos. Uh, and he's playing, uh, is it one or two more weeks now? Or is it? I guess he's playing two more because there's uh, two more 25. So I guess, uh, and then he he wraps up. So, so with this, uh, he's back into uh, top 300 uh, for the second time in his career. So that's, yeah, amazing. So uh, Rune... What do you give uh, for for uh, Dragos for chances to leave Antalya with thirty zero in matches in two weeks? <laughs> uh, I think I think it's not possible, but I mean it would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> it would be amazing for him. <laughs> that would be crazy. Uh, it's not imp- I, I, it's not impossible, but it's oh, we'll we'll see. Uh, another result that I think we should mention before we're going into uh, Davis Cup is the result that came in just. 
40 minutes uh, before we started recording our chat here. Miriam Björklund is in Abu Dhabi uh, beating Sasnovic in the first qualifying round. Uh, and Sasnovic is ranked 37 in the world. Uh, Miriam won 7-5 in 37. Uh, I, I think when you have a result like that, it's worth uh, putting out there, uh, Rune. <laughs> Even if it's a qualifying match. She beat number 37 in the world. First seed in the qualifying Yes, but it's also not linked to this week. It should be mentioned next week, Linus. So uh-huh. you have to to uh, like uh, put things together. I know you're a little confused these days, but I, I can help <laughs> you. But first of all, you mentioned a quality match. Okay, I understand that he's top, she's top 100, the girl that she beat. But then she, you also mentioned something that is linked to next week. But it's okay. <laughs> we okay, we li- okay, we'll leave it there. I, 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 I was just so... Uh... Okay, okay, we'll leave it there. Okay, so Davis captain. Yeah, I think that uh, it has been very good for Scandinavian tennis. First, of course, Sweden qualifying for the World Group again, second year in a row, uh, winning, we can say 3 1 over, um, no, yeah, 3 1 over uh, uh, Bosnia. Yeah. And I think it's, it's good. I think uh, they were favorite, they had a lot of pressure. And they won. The only match they actually didn't won was the were the doubles where we were actually expecting them to to play with the constellation Gerdonson Bergevi, but mm. then uh, somehow Thomas and Johan decided to swap Elias in with Bergevi. So it was Elias and Gerdonson. They have been playing a lot of uh, Davis Cup doubles together, mm. but also Elias has been playing the day before. She had mm. he had might have had. And another single. So I think it's questionable to, to see whether he should have stayed with the original uh, lineup. Yeah, uh, I think he should have. Uh, but but uh, honestly, I'm not sure if I think Elias is such a good doubles player. Uh, that that's the main reason for, for me. But uh, he won I a guess... he won an ATP title. Yeah, but that was also a couple of years ago now. Uh, I I think, of course, Elias is is a great tennis player and he played, I think, a really good singles match. But but I think, from my perspective, I think we can see in the doubles that some some of the... how he moves at the net and some positions he's taking is not really... You can see that he's not a comfortable doubles player. So... uh, I, I think Barry would have done a great job there. But um, of course, I don't have all the facts, uh, I guess. But um, yeah, but a good win for Sweden. And uh, the first set from Mikkel Ymer in his last singles match was some of the best tennis I've seen in a long time. He played so close to the baseline, played so fast. Uh, and then, <laughs> then, then he lost the second set 6-1. But the first set was amazing from Mikkel. Uh, so that was great fun to great fun to watch, uh, and good for Sweden again uh, to qualify definitely. And um, yeah, I think also uh, Mikael is in his in the shape of his life. I mean, starting out uh, doing quarterfinals in Adelaide, then of course lost first round in Melbourne, but then again final in the big one in Belgium that we talked about, and now unbeated in this uh, weekend in Davis Cup, and now he goes to 250 Montpellier, where he's playing Emil Rosovoy in the first round, actually. So that would be interesting to see. I think these 250s is the, how can you say, the the stage where um, Mikael should start performing and going deep every week, in and out, and then that will take him to top 50, and eventually maybe even higher. But mm-hmm. And also, if he wants to have an ATP title on his belt, this is also what he should be aiming for. So, very interesting, and I also think it's the best surface for him, indoor hard court. So, yeah, let's see. Yeah, very good. And uh, our other can- uh, Scandinavian countries, Finland is yes. not done yet. Uh, we can start with that. Uh... No, they're not done yet, but they're up to one, and they won a very important double match, I think, for the for the qualifying, and now they play um, have two shots left in the in the singles against Argentina first, also boy against uh, Facundo Bagnis, three uh, three right now as we're talking, and then afterwards they have Otto Virtanen against Pedro Kashin, also very close match. Of course, it would be good to close it in the fourth rubber because then there will not be too much pressure uh, yeah. on on Otto that is still young. But I think they have a chance. I will say at the moment, they are more than 50-50 to make it to the World Group, which would be insane for a country like Finland. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, that, that would be so cool. Uh, but it, it also shows that, I mean, all yeah, 
it's possible for all countries in some way, I guess. Uh, and I mean, Sweden have qualified three times in a row now. And, and I mean, we, we're, we're still having a discussion that Swedish tennis is so bad at the moment. But uh, so, yeah. And uh, that, that, that's, that's cool if Finland makes it. And uh, Norway? Yeah. Norway had, of course, the hardest uh, draw of all of them. And also without their um, top player, it's it's not so easy to uh, to make it, you can say. So uh, they lost uh, 4-0 to Serbia, which is uh, acceptable, I think, because uh, Serbia came not with uh, Djokovic, but they came only with top 100 guys, uh, mm. either in single or doubles. So, of mm. course, it was a very tough task. Victor did very well. He played very close in the first uh, first rubber against Lazio Gerde and had match point in that one. And then they played a very close double, uh, Victor and Hermann Heurol yeah. against uh, Kajinovic and uh, Kasic. So I think a very good uh, week for Victor yeah. that shows that he can compete at the, at the highest level. So hopefully he can take that confidence with him when he's going to, to Vilnius uh, next week. And may, maybe also a little, uh, of course, they, they, they want their best team. And I, I'm sure Victor wants it as well. But also maybe a little bit fun for him to play the uh, the biggest role uh, in, in a tie uh, for, for once, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But I think I, I think if he could choose, he would probably have prefer, preferred that uh, that uh, um, Casper was with him. That, that I agree. That I agree with. Uh, for, almost for sure. And uh, Denmark? Yes. Denmark had uh, revenge, you can say, uh, because they played India also last year. That time it was in Indian grass. This time it was in Denmark on indoor heart. And this time they have their key player, you can say, Holger uh, Rone, on the team. And he took uh, three wins, which mm-hmm. made it for a 3-2 uh, win for, for Denmark. And I will say, without Holger, uh, Denmark is probably a team that is... Uh, in the middle or in the bottom of uh, Division One or in the top of Division Two, I would say with Holger, it can be a world uh, world uh, group team uh, over time. But again, Holger only has to play once to play the Olympics in Paris. Will he play the second one uh, uh, for qualifying for a world group in September? That is a question because without it's going to be so tough. Mm. Uh, we saw it yesterday. Uh, and yesterday again, that the other guys they are still a little bit too unexperienced uh, to to really step up and and take uh, charge. Mm, mm, mm. So how do you think uh, how do you think uh, Holger will do? Oh, I think it depends on his his calendar. He likes to play, and you could see yesterday also how much he he liked to play in front of the Danish crowd and all the kids that was coming to to watch him. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, it was like probably the biggest uh, tennis show on Danish soil for yeah for twenty years. Uh, mm. So it was amazing. But uh, of course, he has to prioritize his his own uh, his own tennis. And again, in September, there he's coming from the U.S. swing. So we will see how how the body feels. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, uh, but but uh, o- overall, a uh, pretty good uh, weekend for for Scandinavian uh, Davis Cup teams. Uh, very good, I guess. Uh, so uh, uh, Scandinavian tennis is on the way forward, and we have also had uh, um, national uh, uh, ties for the juniors, but we they are not really done yet. There's some some matches left, so we decided that we will uh, we will wrap that up next week instead. But the Winter Cups is uh, being played, uh, but uh, we we keep that for for next week's uh, episode. Uh, Rune, do we have uh, something else to to add here? Uh, or we have a little bit to add, of course, uh, unless we take uh, already now start to talk about the next week that you were in the middle too. We can do that too. Then we have more to talk about. <laughs> but if we don't have, if we wait with that, then we, we wait, have. We, a... we wait with that. We wait with that. <laughs> good, good. No, no. If we wait with that, then we have one uh, doubles final in the juniors uh, for grade three mm-hmm. uh, with Tom Noltrop and. Uh, Cornelius Shalmin in Mexico and I actually don't know it, it was a little bit weird with the schedule here and uh, yeah I have questioned it of course and now I can question it public uh, they were playing of course it, they are with a trip with the Euro lead and they were first in uh, Costa Rica for three weeks then I thought they were going to uh, the grade one in um, in Ecuador but apparently the change surface 
and location to uh, to Mexico to play on clay. I don't know why and what the thought was. Maybe because they didn't want to play quali in the grade one, or maybe they didn't have wild cards. I don't know, but I think that yeah, it surprised me a little bit. Okay, uh, I I don't know about that, but but uh, I think the boys reached final in the doubles this week, right? Uh... Yes, that's what I said. Finals oh, in Mexico. Yeah, yeah exactly. So so uh, it was this was it the second final for the boys on this trip? Uh, yes. Yes. So uh, and uh, and now well, I I have no uh, information here. Are they going home or are they st still? Going yes. To yes, they're going home. So the trip is over. I guess they are. Yeah, going home and then they play uh, the Scandinavian swing that is coming now here with a great. Right. Uh, grade uh, four in uh, grade sixty. It is now in Copenhagen, then Oslo and Gjøvik. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and then uh, later on, there's a couple of ITFs in, in Sweden as well coming up, but that's that's later. Uh, and uh, more Rune? No. No more. Nothing uh, more for this week. Okay. Cool. So uh, we will uh, wrap up uh, the uh, the Winter Cups uh, next week, uh, definitely. What, what would you say has been the, the best? Uh, what have the the best? Uh, not surprise, but from from the Davis Cup ties this we weekend. Uh, what what are you most uh, happy with from Scandinavian point of view, Rune? This is has nothing to do with tennis, but it has something to do with tennis. But I'm very very happy to see that both on Danish TV and on Swedish TV that the Davis Cup was live uh, streamed on the national television. It means that it was not like a pay-per-view channel or a little bit like a niche channel. It was the main channel, uh, the uh, DI1, and it was uh, SVT1. So that's amazing. That shows that uh, somehow tennis might have turned the little loop where they have been in a down fall in the society back to being a, not a main sport because of course it will still be after football, handball or whatever but it has turned that it is still um, something that uh, people are interested in and uh, I think that's very good for, for Scandinavian tennis in general. So that is probably the most positive thing. I, I agree with that and uh, because I, I was on site in Stockholm I, I can also mention that there was pretty good atmosphere inside. Uh, the tickets were, were sold out on Saturday and I think almost on Friday and uh, compared to when they played, for example, in, in Helsingborg against Japan uh, last year, uh, and it, that, that's not a criticism to Helsingborg, but it was so much more fun when there was a lot of people around here in the Kungliga Tennis Hallen. So that, that, was, uh, that was a lot of fun to, to experience. Uh, so, so like you say, I think um, yeah, there, there's some kind of positive trend uh, with, with the tennis, I, I think. Uh, all right, Rune. I think we will uh, wrap it up there, and uh, and uh, we can once again say thanks to Lucas for joining us this week, and uh, hopefully we have another interesting guest next week as well. There, there's a lot of people we would like to talk to. I think nowadays, uh, both seniors, uh, maybe juniors, and uh, yeah, there's um, yeah a lot of cool guests that we can invite uh, the upcoming weeks. I think. Uh, so, Rune, thanks for today, and uh, thanks to all the listeners, and uh, we keep in touch uh, in a couple of days again. And uh, that's a wrap. And uh, like we said, we recorded the, sh the talk with Lucas Renard uh, on, I think it was Tuesday this week, uh, probably. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So that can be good to know. That was before uh, most of the matches Lucas played in the GTR. But thanks to Lucas for joining in. Always fun to, to talk with him. And hopefully when his first title comes, we will have him on again and uh, ask him how that feeling uh, 